We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In the 2022 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Aiden Hutchison, defensive end, Michigan. Jared Goff winds up. Touchdown, Detroit. Josh Reynolds. Comes the blitz down the middle and on the fly. Jamison Williams, extra speed on the gas and gone. Touchdown. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 267 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre, boys, it's Victory Monday once again. What is this? What is this feeling? I don't know what this feeling is. How are you feeling? Bro, this is one of the best feelings in the world as a Lions fan. The last time I believe they had a three-win streak, was it 2016 or 2017? 2017. It's been freaking five years, man. It feels good. And winning games that you're supposed to win, it feels good. And, like, seeing that you're actually in the hunt and a game and a half out of the wild card spot. Playoffs? Yeah, I'm talking about the playoffs. Um, it, it just, like, ever going into Thanksgiving, man, I believe Greg Olson said it on the broadcast yesterday. The Lions normally going to Thanksgiving don't think they have a chance. Now we have a chance, and everyone's uh, like bought back. And a lot of people, a lot of fans were off, including you, Tyler. Yeah, I was kind of on the fence, but I wasn't completely off yet. Now I think we're all back on. So it's it's nice to see that um, they're improving, they're getting healthier, and you know, yeah, Malcolm, let's you- go, man, let's go, woo, man. Yo, you want a win streak? That's three games in a row. Hey, I'm not. I don't like to say I told these guys so, but man, I did say this is gonna happen, man. I said that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna win some games, man. I said we're gonna we're gonna string some games together. Tyler, I told you we're gonna you know see you're gonna see the TV one day and it's gonna say in the hunt. That's all I wanted. That's I have never I've never been so happy. I've wanted to see that graphic on Thanksgiving so motherfucking bad. Just show me that we're in the hunt. I, I didn't say that we we're gonna get in. I said, "Yo, I, I don't know if we're 100 percent gonna get in." I just, but want, I guarantee to the, you, I just want the graphic. I, I don't even care I for it. I guarantee you. I told you. I guarantee you. We're gonna you're gonna see in the hunt, and you're gonna see Detroit Lions. And guess what you saw? In the hunt, Detroit Lions. That means we're in there, man. Yo, 
I'm excited. I'm excited because I actually have faith in these guys, and I, I kind of knew that they, they were going to be able to pull this off and 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 have this type of you know forty strings of games together. And look at us, man. This is this is awesome, man. And then the the greatest feeling in the world is that we're getting healthier, man. We're getting healthier. Guys are coming back. I, I, I don't know what to say, man. I'm just so happy right now, man. Yeah, man. yeah, it's exciting. This is the first. Uh, we're gonna do our game preview next episode. This is, this is gonna be the Giants game. But the, the last time I felt good or like excited for a Thanksgiving game was 2017. Like I haven't been invested like truly into a Thanksgiving game since 2017. And who was that? Who, what game was that? We lost. We lost in Minnesota for um, the Nevin Lawson block field goal that ended up being offsides that game. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. No, I mean the last five or four Thanksgiving games, they've just been brutal. So to talk about a, a good thing or talk about a meaningful Thanksgiving game, which we're going to do more next episode, um, it, it's just exciting. All right, let's talk about the Giants and what happened this game. First, let's talk about the injuries that were sustained in this game. Here, you got the injury report that happened in the game? Yeah, but before that, we do have some breaking news. So Jamison Williams was cleared to practice on Monday. Probably won't play this week, but I think he probably has a shot against Jacksonville because you have that like long – I call it a mini bye week. Mini bye, yep. You have that mini bye week, and then next week like you, you should be fine. Romeo Cuaro is another guy. He potentially could be back this week, but I think maybe next week is more realistic. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, some injuries. Uh, obviously, Jeff Okuda is in concussion protocol. I don't know if he actually suffered a concussion or if it's the Tua rule, but he's going to be out just the way the rules work. I mean, he can't play. Then you got – yeah, he's out. And then you got um, Evan Brown. He, he uh, injured his ankle. He didn't come back. If I had to guess, I think he'd be out. And I think the rest of the guys – we'll see how Charles Harris, all the guys that didn't play on Sunday look later in the week. But I think those two guys right now, if I had to guess, they'll be out. And we'll see more regarding the injury report. Yeah. Okay. So, so there's some injuries there, and obviously, big one there with Jeff. Quick question, man. I mean, this is a very short week. So, when are we going to see our last injury report on Wednesday? So we got two days to see what, what's yeah. going on. Yeah, we'll see it Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Wednesday will be Wednesday will be like the Friday injury report, pretty much. So we're yeah. The, 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 the game designations and everything. Yep. Wow, this is this is quick, man. Are they going to have any real practices? Um. Or is it all going to be walkthroughs? I don't think they're probably going to take it very light, I would assume. I mean, it's a short week. You're traveling back to Detroit. I, I wouldn't assume anything too crazy for Buffalo, like preparing for Buffalo as far as practicing. And I think Buffalo is obviously going to do the same thing as well. I don't think – I mean, it's hard to – like basically today they have to condition their bodies like it's a Wednesday, right? Yeah. Today's a yeah. Wednesday, and then Tuesday's a Thursday and Friday, and then you skip a day, and then Thursday is Sunday. It's It's so hard to condition your body to do that. And that's how they have to do it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Buffalo's in Detroit right now. So I wonder where they're they even are pri- not. Oh, they went back home. Loop back to Buffalo. Oh, okay. I was actually wondering, like, where are they going to practice? Because, I mean, Detroit's obviously not going to offer their facility. Um, are they going to practice at, like, a Wayne State, like a random college? Or, <laughs> like, where are they going to practice? So Michigan's offering their facility. We have a big game versus OSU this week, so we're not offering our facility. So, okay, they're back home. That makes more sense. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's the injury report. That's something to monitor going into the game Thursday versus Buffalo. We'll see with that in our next episode. All right. Now let's get into this game. First, the New York football giants, even though they play in New Jersey, but they're called New York, which I, I don't know. Which is, We're actually playing a New York team this week. So there's that. 
Malcolm, you're from New York, so I don't know that's to piss you off that they call them the New York Giants when they're not from New York. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah, the only real team in New York is, is Buffalo. Yeah. And they play upstate. They play upstate New York way, way up there. So it's a little different. Yeah. They play in Jersey. All right. Let me talk about Dan Campbell here. Let's get into him, dude. Because this is a guy that I have been very, very, very critical on the last couple of weeks or just overall in the season. And, you know, after the last two games versus the Packers and Bears, he was turning a corner with getting some wins, some big division wins. And people were, you know, okay, do we have something here with Dan? Is he really turning the corner here? Picks up his first road victory in Chicago. And I think a lot of fans were on the same boat as me where they had that slight caution. Like, let's see how real this really is. Is this just a fluke over these last two games? Did you just get maybe lucky these last two games? And I think Dan Campbell, for the time being, put that to rest with this game versus the Giants. I think this was the most complete game that the Detroit Lions have played under Dan Campbell's wing. And you really couldn't ask for a better football game. Picked up a big road victory in New York. And a team that was 7-2 before, they were playing some good football. And... Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions went into New Jersey, not New York, and played Smash Mouth football and got the job done. They got a convincing victory versus a team that was rolling. And that's a big credit to the head coach for getting those guys ready. And that's a big credit to all the coordinators that had those guys ready and had a good game plan versus the Giants. So, you know, uh, for a guy I've been very cautious about, a guy I've been very critical about with Dan Campbell, you know, I, I understand why fans are slowly but surely buying in, and I'm finding myself to be in that boat as well, where I'm not fully in yet, but am I getting convinced? Am I liking where the pathway this team is going? Absolutely. This is what I expected this team to be coming into the year, and it looks like they're turning a corner. This looks legit, and I, I'm, I'm excited. So how are you guys feeling about our head coach right now? Dan Campbell. Um, you know how I feel about it. I've told you guys, like, I feel like he's still our guy. And it looks like he's learned from his little mistakes or whatever you want to call him. Like, he's getting more experience. He's getting more confident and being a coach. Because you got to remember, this is still, like, he's still kind of learning on the job, right? Like, it's still his second year. And the team is really, really young. And you're going to get mistakes. You're, you're going to get a lot of mistakes when you have the youngest team in the NFL, right? Um, and I also do want to bring up one thing with Dan. Last year, he, when he fired Anthony Lynn, the offense vastly improved. This year, he fired Aubrey Pleasant. And, man, it looks like the defense is playing better ever since he got fired. Now, I don't know if that's, there's a direct correlation to that or not, but it seems like there is. The DBs are playing better. Uh, they're getting more turnovers since AP was fired. So, a lot of people were saying he's a scapegoat, but it looks like it was the right decision right now, honestly. So... I'm confident in Dan. Um, I think he'll continue to do this, and we'll see what happens. Malcolm, what do you think about Dan? Um, I mean, I never had any doubts about Dan Campbell. I never – I always I always thought highly of Dan Campbell, man. Even though that he made his mistakes, I still thought he was a really good coach, man. I thought he was the best guy for this football team. I, I like – I've seen so many coaches. I've seen um, the good coaches, the masterminds coming to Detroit and fail. I've seen guys who were hard, just hard asses and try to be hard asses to the team and fail. I've seen guys who, you know, was was the follow figure to the to the players and it was like kind to everybody and then he failed. You know, they're not seeing a complete asshole and he failed. So 
if Dan Campbell didn't work, man, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what type of coach will, will have to come into Detroit to fix this. But um, he, 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 I think he's it. I think he has all the tools. Everything he's doing right now, um, the way he is to the players, the the, 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 the decision making that he's made made recently. He's definitely the coach for the Detroit Lions. So I never really had any doubts with Dan Campbell. I was more about Aaron Glenn. I, I, that, that, that's who I was really questioning. And Aaron Glenn showed me why he's a good coordinator uh, these past few weeks. Yeah. So I, I know you guys say you're not really questioning Dan. Not really. You guys weren't as critical as I was over Dan over this stretch of the season. But you guys got to admit. It's nice to actually see results instead of just thinking it or hoping that's going to ever change. Because, like, what you guys were really basing off was hope, was that they were going to turn it around. They, they Like, we have confidence that they are going to turn it around. But let's be honest here. We didn't see it. We didn't see it on the field. So I know you guys have to feel even more confident with now actually seeing progression on the field instead of just thinking that's going to be turned around. Not really, because I wasn't I wasn't that type of person. I thought Dan Campbell was the reason why we no, lost I'm those games. I'm not telling you you're not the reason why, but you got to be more optimistic now then, don't you? Because you're actually seeing uh, progress. I, 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 the thing is with me is because I'm seeing that the defense is performing well. And the reason why the defense is performing well is because Aaron Glenn has a performing well. But he didn't have him performing well the past weeks before. So that's that's the, that's the been the issue for the team. I mean, if Aaron Glenn has his defense playing like this since week one, this would be a whole different narrative right now. We'll have a whole different football team. We'll be talking about something totally different right now. We okay, want to be but you could say the, sa- you could say the same argument as if Dan Campbell makes the right call in Minnesota or if he makes the right call that's, in Philly. That's one That's one game. I'm not really that, worried that's about That's a win or game. loss right there. I, I get that. But how many? We have six losses? Six so, losses. Okay, so we'll be what? You put two on Dan Campbell. We probably, so we'll have been what? We'll have had five wins. It could have been six and four, which instead of four and six, which is actually a huge uh, difference. I don't know about <laughs> six and four. I would say maybe five and five. I don't know about six. Five and five, <laughs> six and four. I mean, like, whatever. I mean, like, my, my point is like you're seeing progression, though. A lot of games we would have won. There was a lot of games we would have won if the defense was playing well. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Not just two games that, you know, Dan Campbell calls, but who knows? I mean, the defense is playing well. We probably wouldn't be in those situations where Dan Campbell had to cause. Uh, make those final decisions. Well, like that's that. the NFL. I mean, there's, that's going to happen. So I, I'm just happy that we're not seeing the same mistakes anymore. We're actually seeing progression. He is being more like an actual NFL coach. He's not having these gut calls where like, oh, let's go for it. No, he's actually taking points when he's uh, supposed to take points. And that in Chicago was big because it won you a game. You won by one point. Those points ended up being huge. Uh, you saw this game, he was a little more conservative, took some points. Yeah, I, I think he's just getting smarter. Like, I, I think he's learning how to be a coach. And th- this is something I was very critical of him. It was his game time decisions. And I've seen progression on that aspect of it since the bye week. And I'm happy about that. I'm glad that we're seeing progression there. I think another thing to mention, too, is I think now they have a kicker they trust. Um, There's something like no one's really talked about. Marvin Bagley has been good with Detroit. Marvin Bagley. Bagley. (laughs) You just said Marvin Bagley. That's on the Pistons. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Oh, my God. Marvin Bagley. Yeah. He's been been good for the Lions. Michael Uh, Bagley, by the way. You got me messed up saying Marvin. Michael Bagley. Oh, my gosh. All right. My bad. My bad. Michael Badgley has been good for the Lions. Um, and, you know, they've called his name. He's delivered. Has he missed one? I don't even know if he's missed one. Yeah, no, he has not missed one yet. He hasn't missed, missed one, one yet. yet. Um, so that, that's a positive, man. 
Yeah, kicking has been better, and I think the punting is like he's actually trusting his punter more. He's going to his punter more. Not that he didn't trust Jack Fox before, but like he's actually his game time decisions are getting better. Like I, there's more and more weeks I'm I'm growing. It's like okay, I see the the vision. I'm not questioning what you're doing because there's been so many games in the past where I'm like, Dan, what the fuck are we doing, dude? What are we doing here? And it's costed us games. And I think since the bye week, outside of one decision, critical decision I gave him versus Green Bay. It's been pretty clean so far, so I take that as progression. I will not be here. I think it's more than just trusting the kicker. I think it's trusting the defense. Absolutely. He's trusting his his defense a lot more now. Now that they actually are creating stops, they're able to create plays and create turnovers. I think that's another thing that's factoring into it, of him being more able to kick the the field goal to get three points or, or, you know, give us make him get a foul start so you can have a room for punting and then punt the ball he has faith in his defense now so i think that's, that's what's factoring into it too yeah absolutely yeah i mean the defense has played phenomenal these past few weeks so yeah all right uh let's take a quick commercial break we'll take a quick break and then we're going to talk about this lines offense hey prior podcast listeners it's your boy malcolm here and if you're a sports better like me let me tell you about Oz traders Oz Traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal. This app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash bluewire. Odds Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back. Let's talk about this Detroit Lions offense. And I think you have to start 
with the running back, Jamal Williams here, man. He just had one of those games this Sunday versus the Giants. Three touchdowns. Had an opportunity almost to get four touchdowns. I know fantasy football owners are definitely stoked if you started Jamal Williams this week. So, here, what's your thoughts on this backfield right now? You know, I, I think we could all be fair. DeAndre Swift has not looked the same since the injury, since coming back. And, you know, they've gone to more of this committee-based backfield with using Jamal Williams a lot in these games. He's been more the lead back. And they've been even getting Justin Jackson more involved. So looking at this backfield, what's your overall evaluation on it right now? Yeah, I just want to get into Swift. I think Swift, mentally, he's not there right now. Um, He's been playing hurt pretty much like, not his entire career, but a lot of the time he's been in Detroit. And I think he's kind of playing a little scared. What I mean by that is he's kind of like hesitating. He's not doing the right things. He doesn't want to get injured again, right? I think he needs to get right mentally. I still think he has it in him. Just mentally, he needs to, he needs to get right. Um, he's a great player, man. When he's when he's on and he's good, he's a great player. Right now, he's just not. It's not it with him. Mentally, he's not there. I think the shoulder is still bothering him a little. Um, yesterday, again, he didn't follow Sewell to the edge. He cut it inside, and he was tagged for two. If he follows Sewell to the edge, it's probably a first down, maybe 20, 30 yards. Who knows, right? Uh, he had that yesterday. So just the little things with him. The week before, he ran into a linebacker, ran sideways at a north and south. You don't run east and west. You run north and south. You ran east and west last week. Um, it's just the little things with him. I feel like maybe it's also the little of the rust, but I just feel like mentally he's not there right now. Uh, and then with Jamal Williams, man, I mean, what could he say about the guy? Campbell called him the team leader. He's their leader, not just on offense. He's the team leader. Um, he brings juice to the to the offense. You see it. He's he's I don't, he's like a which player can I think of? You guys remember Kyle Vandenbosch on defense like a way while Kyle back? Kyle Vandenbosch, yes. Who can forget he's those like eyes? He's like Kyle Vandenbosch. But of the offense, you know how fan used to be fired up and all that? Like, he wasn't the best player. He wasn't the fastest player. But, you know, like, you could trust him to get the job done, right? Yeah. That's a, that's how I feel like with Jamal name. Williams. Kyle Vandenbosch. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys yeah. get the comparison. Yeah. Does it make sense? That's like a Madden 12 player right there. Yeah. I remember, we, I remember we picked him up and I was excited. I was like, ooh, we got him. Kyle Vandenbosch. Yeah. I was so. like, oof. I was like, oof. Jamal Williams, man. I mean, this, this is a guy. He what? He has twelve touchdowns, leads the NFL in touchdowns. NFL, yeah. I mean, he's he's loved by everyone in the locker room. He's a guy you have to bring back. Like you, have, and I'm surprised they haven't even given the C on this on this uh, patch. He says C patch. I don't know if they'll give it to him during this season, but he deserves one. Yeah, they haven't switched their captains at all this year. I think unless an injury happened, if I'm not mistaken. But they don't really switch the season around. Like I know under. Caldwell's wing, they used to switch captains every single week, but under Campbell's wing, I think they just come in with captains before the season, and I think they just stick with them throughout the year, so um, yeah, I don't think that's going to switch this year by any means, unless like, an injury happened, but um, yeah, no, Jamal Williams has been great, man, and I, I think more importantly, the offensive line has been great, and I think that was a little of a concern versus the Bears. They weren't really creating great running lanes versus the Bears, and they weren't running the ball as well as they have throughout the season, and I don't think many Lions fans were concerned at all about that. I think they just kind of looked at that game more of an anomaly, more than that was going to be the trend going forward. I think we knew this offense line was going to get right, especially in the run blocking department, just because they've been so good all year. And, you know, you just saw it in this game, man. You know, the Giants have some studs on that D-line with Dexter Lawrence, and they have Leonard Williams, and they have Kayvon Thibodeau. But the Lions did a very good job of not completely eliminating them, but they – 
you know, contained them and didn't let them have a big day defensively. And the Lions run game got going this Sunday. And that was a big focal part of their offense and what got going and what they got to score points. Because, you know, Goff wasn't perfect in this game by any means. So he got to lean on that running game. The running game, you know, was great this game for sure. It yeah, was man. tough. Oh, go ahead, Malcolm. My bad. No, no problem, man. I was going to say that there's a guy we kind of missing out here, man. Justin Jackson, man. Yeah, I, Jackson, I threw him in huge. there too, yeah. No. Him in there. Yeah, I mean, he's been huge since we picked him up, man. He's been a great addition, um, and especially while Swift is trying to, you know, figure things out to get back to where he is. Having um, Justin Jackson back there, man, is, is a huge plus, man, because he's playing at a high level right now. Between him, Jamal Williams, um, he's probably been the most – Jamal Williams has been the most consistent back. That Detroit had in a very long time. Um, a guy you can really rely on, not really worry about, you know, him being injured or um, limiting his touches or anything like that. Jamal Williams has been the most consistent back we had in a really, really, really long time. So um, he's been he's been everything that, you know, you, you would want um, from a veteran back. So that, that, that's good. He's everything that we thought that we can get out of LeGarrette Blunt, CJ Anderson, Blunt. Adrian exactly. Peterson, <laughs> all those yeah, buzz yeah. veteran friends that we brought in. Jamal Williams is the terrific, the terrific prototype of what we're looking for at that running back position for a better. Absolutely, yeah. It's been a lot of bad memories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like I remember you guys. Remember we were doing like the free agency show. We all like kind of like wanted him. Yeah, and they, they ended up getting him. So that was nice to see. And it's worked. Uh, it has worked. It's worked. Last year, I feel like he was a little not as effective, but you know, now he's a lot more effective and he's taking more of that leadership role. So it's nice to see. And I also do want to give a shot to Justin Jackson very quickly. Like you said, I I think he's done a very good job of helping Swift ease into his role because he's a kind of like a similar style back to Swift. Now, is he the same player as DeAndre Swift when he's healthy? Absolutely not. But as far as a style, you know, he gives you those runs on the edges and that was kind of a confidence because the Giants had a tough time of stopping the run on the edges yesterday versus that Lions offense. Uh, you know, they were stuffing up the middle a little bit with Jamal Williams early on in the point of the game. But once they got those edge rushes going, those edge runs going in that game, it opened up the offense for both inside and the edges. So Jackson was a good piece for this team. And, you know, he's been he's been really good for this team. Yeah, they call those those change of pace backs. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's definitely a change of pace from Jamal Williams for sure. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, speaking of the O-line man, we talked about Dexter Lawrence. He's like one of the best defensive linemen this year. No one's really talking about him as much. Like he's up there with Aaron Donald with the year he was having, right? And I, I'm like, we did not hear his name yesterday. And shout out to the Lions O-line. They only gave a four pressures and no sacks and pass pro. Yeah. So that that's pretty impressive as well. Yeah, no, they've been they've been they've been good, man. That line's offensive line has been just it's, it is what we expected. Everything we expected out of this offensive line unit. I said it's gonna be a top five line coming into the season, and I still believe that today, going into Thanksgiving. So, you know, it's been great, man. It's, it's great, and it, it looks, PFF even loves them. Like if you go to the PFF and you look at like the offensive line, I think the lowest graded offensive line we have is like a seventy point three. Yeah. So everybody else is over 70.3 on our offensive line. And that 70.3 is, is Evan Brown. So that just shows you that they're, they're all these guys. And that, that was the replacement because, you know, Evan Brown wasn't supposed to be a starter this year. It was supposed yeah, to be Big B. And then, you know, obviously he suffered the injury right before the season. And, exactly. you know, Evan Brown just stepped in and has been good. And the great thing about this Lions offense, I know every Lions fan knows this. This unit is sticking together. Like, this is not just like a one-year thing. Like, we have this Lions offensive line for many years to come. You got Decker locked up. You got Sewell on his contract, and now, you know, he's going to get paid once he's due. Uh, You got Frank locked up. 
Jonah's gonna get locked up. He's he's probably my number one priority this offseason of like who we're gonna resign or you know who we're gonna extend is definitely Jonah Jackson. Hundred sure. percent. And then all you have to do is really figure out that right guard situation. Now, Ivan Brown's gonna be a free agent. Maybe you bring him back. Maybe you fix that position in the draft for agency. I really don't care. Because we have four main core offensive line pieces. You can go out and pick up a free agent and be fine there. It really could be. You could draft someone and be fine there. So I, I love that we have the main core of the units intact. I personally draft one. You could. You got a lot of draft picks. You got a lot of draft capital. Because you don't want to have that. I mean, you've already an expensive O-line. That Sewell contract, I mean, he's the. He's gonna. it's going to be massive. Yeah. The contract's going to be a big contract, too. You already have Decker and Ragnall being paid. You want to have like a cheap contract in there. Yeah. You want to take a big view on a discount? Oh, yeah. If he's down to take a pay cut, sure. Yeah. I'd right, bring him back. He's, he's, but he like, fits the mold of the lines, offensive line. They you, love to run block, and that's his game. You want to find like the, like, you want to find the, like a younger guy, though, who you could, like, you know, just plug in there and have for three, four years, three yeah. years, and extend him. Hopefully, you know, that's, I think that's ideal situation. I mean, I wouldn't mind what they do. Even they bring back Evan Brown and just say, "Hey, you know, he's you fine. Played well. This is going to be a permanent position. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that either. Until they find another guy, like a permanent guy. Yeah, Evan Brown is fine, but um, I feel like he's more of a backup center to me than a starter. That's how I feel. He, he, yeah, he's a he's a perfect backup center. Could be a starting center. He could he be could a starting start center. For, like, he could easily start for a lot of other teams. We say this on our yeah. show all the time. Surprised that no teams go after him. Maybe it's because his run block isn't as effective. Teams want to run the ball. I don't know, but yeah, um, it's been okay we'll this year. You know, it's been whatever. And and I think for the quarterback Jared Goff, I think it's a perfect segue. Is that you know being able to lean on this run game and you're seeing that you could win football games without Jared Goff having to be perfect or even necessarily good you won two games in this three game stretch where Jared Goff has been frankly one game awfully terrible versus the Packers I mean he did everything possible to lose that game and then this game you know just uh, he was I he was good enough to win didn't really do anything special it was just there and that's good because that was one thing that I know you guys were definitely concerned about was saying this team can't win football games unless Jared Goff is perfect. And over this three-game stretch, they've had two games now where he hasn't been perfect, but they've been still able to pull along a win, which is which is. But really- why is that? That's because of the defense, right? We said like he has played so because how bad the defense was. Now the defense is – I think they're kind of average now. Like they're not really bad. They're not really good. They're kind of like in that middle of the league, which is what we wanted. The way, I think these last three weeks, they have to be like yeah, somewhere in that weeks. average spot, yeah. like 16 to 20 range, something like they've that. Had, they've had they haven't been trash. Games. Two great games, one bad game for Chicago, but they had a great fourth quarter when it really mattered and stepped up and made plays to win that game. Yeah, and like Tyler, regarding the defense, if I told you when we were recording our show with those Giants guys, or if I just texted Malcolm and you this, that the Lions would hold Saquon Barkley to 15 yard, 15 carries for 22 yards, a long, a four, and averaging 1.5 yards per carry, I think you would have called me high and stupid. Probably. Honestly, let's go. Honestly, let's go. No, I definitely would have. I would have definitely called you crazy. would have definitely called you a Kool-Aid drinker, which, hey, guys, Kool-Aid, that Victory Monday slapped. That was good, man. I had a lot of that Kool-Aid. Spike. What did you have it with, Tyler? Normal, everything. Everything. Let's go, man. Man, it hit different. <laughs> So um, so now you're 21. You had it with something, right? No, I'll stick to my roots. Still like it with OJ. That actually sounds okay. fucking oh. terrible. OJ with Kool-Aid? No, I do not recommend that. I've never tried that. So what that. did you have it with, Tyler? Uh, just drink it how it was. Just straight out of the pouch. 
Check out the pouch. Let's go. Okay, that's so sad. I, mean, I, got, like, I can't tell you the last time I've actually legitimately had Kool-Aid till yesterday. Probably since like elementary school. Yeah, that shit was kind of ass. Not gonna lie. Was it blue? Was it blue? It was blue. It was. It was kind of bad. I mean, it's not bad. It's just very, very, very sweet and sugary. No, no. Yeah. I mean. Back in the day, if you're not making it yourself, man. I agree. I like the ones like that one you make yourself. The one yeah, the, the, the pouch, yeah. yeah, the pre-pound yeah. ones. Nah, I, I can't do it, man. It's too sugary. Yeah, they did. Those don't hit right. They don't. I I agree. I agree absolutely with that. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we definitely had some Kool Aid though on that, on that Sunday right after the game. It was great, man. Yeah, but um, back to golf, man. I think I think this is good. This is the whole. Now we're now we're seeing a team sport. We haven't seen a team sport in Detroit in a very long time. You know, even with the Matthew Dade, we haven't seen a team sport. Yeah. You know, we've seen the Matthew show. It's always been the Matthew show. The Matthew and, St- and Calvin show. Or then when the Calvin left, it was just the Matthew show. Now we're seeing team football. We're seeing a, a team where the defense is able to create stops. We're able to run the ball, control the clock. And if golf needs to make a third down throw, then golf can make a third down throw. That's that's pretty much where he's been doing. That like You need him on third down, 38. To convert convert third down, golf has been able to do that so far. So as far as managing the game, golf has been doing a good job. So this is this is the rest, this is the recipe that you need to win. So this is what this is what we need to continue and go forward. And as we get more pieces back, let's see if we get more explosive plays and then you know keep building from there, man. And also, you're going to be playing some better weather. I think you have to also put some context. The last two games, you know, you play in some cold games. Chicago was windy, and then New York was very windy. So you play in some windy games that kind of limited to what you really want to do offensively for both teams. Obviously, it's a it's a even playing field right. for both squads. So it has, but for that sure. comes into play of you being able to do everything you really want to do because that, that's an effect. And, you know, something before the season I said that I think was going to be good for this team was this stretch of games because they're going to be playing a lot of outdoor games in December. And we saw these two games in November versus the Giants and the Bears was that they have the recipe to win these cold games. And I think that's just really the – the mold that this offense is really trying to build, not even just this year, but just in general. Like, that's the mold I think Holmes and Campbell really want to build. I think even Campbell, at one point in his, his first year, he said, we want to be like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like in the way that they build their offense, which is very run-heavy, lean on their offensive line, and then have the quarterback manage the game. And I think going from that philosophy, going from that mold, the lines are building that type of offense right now, that they could win these cold games – gritty games as you like to call them that Dan Campbell would call them and um, you know that's a good recipe when you're ready to compete for the P word playoffs you know you're going to play in some cold games and the Lions are showing that they have the the philosophy and the and the recipe that they can win these type of games which is good 100% man this is what I've been waiting for for a long time man like how long have I been saying we need to get a running game we need a running game we need a running game and now we have one so this is good, man. And it makes it so much easier for a quarterback, like whoever it is. If it's golf, a rookie, a, a free agent, a trade, whoever is the quarterback for this team in 2023, it makes it so much easier for whoever that is. You know what makes it easier, too, is that freaking offensive line. Well, absolutely. Um, That's, well, that goes into the running game. 
That yeah, I think the O line, a great O line. If you have a great O line, your offense should be like somewhat good, right? And the Lions have a great O line. And you look at around the league teams with a great O line, their offense is like good or like average. It's not like trash. So, um, and I also feel like just this Lions offense hasn't really reached its potential yet. Really, like when I mean potential, not like scoring forty points like the first few games or whatever. I mean like. Where, like, the running game is going and the pass game is going with JMO in there, that's what I mean. I feel like they could be better, which is scary. Because you haven't seen it yet. JMO has not yeah. been on the field yet. We haven't seen all these guys on the field yet. So, yeah, of course, you could be better. All right. Uh, I think a stat that's very important to bring up that we're going to talk about this defense. The Lions fans know this by now. The Lions are 3 0 since they traded TJ Hawkinson, and they have three touchdowns from tight ends. They didn't get one this week from the Giants. I wish I could add to that meme. But Packers game got two. Zilstra, Mitchell, Bears game, we had Brock Wright. Lions 3 0. Is Hawkinson a curse? I, I don't think it's really one of that and, <laughs> and Hawkinson, I mean, the Minnesota Vikings fans were angry at him yesterday. He dropped not one, but two touchdown passes. Is he a curse? He dropped two touchdowns? He dropped two touchdowns? He dropped two touchdowns. Oof. Is he a yeah, bad. Some guy, some guy, some guy, uh, I'm not going to say the words, but let's just say they weren't calling him some nice names. You know how his name rhymes with something? Hawk? Ah, uh, yeah. We don't, we, we, don't, we, we, don't, we don't, okay. I think they know where Replace. you're going. <laughs> okay. You don't have to keep going. Um, I'm not going to say it the rest of it because it's just not Skull. inappropriate. Yeah, but that's not what it spells. <laughs> that's not the word he was reading. No, Malcolm, Malcolm was trying to like shit. Let's change the subject. Skull. Doom, doom. Skull. No, no I mean, that, that's, that's hilarious, man. I mean, shoot, I didn't even, I didn't even know that. That sucks. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and they got their asses kicked yesterday. By Dallas, I believe forty to three or 40 something to three like that in Minnesota. And so yeah, uh, Vikings fans aren't too pleased. I mean, this first game he played well, but yeah, they are not pleased with him. I mean, uh, I, I, they call them Irv Hawk Jr. You know how Irv Smith always drops balls with that. I call him Irv Hawk Jr. on that. Man, these fans are ripping on it. <laughs> that's bad, man. He, the thing is, he didn't have any drop issues in Detroit. No, it didn't. Not really. No, actually, the first few weeks he did. I remember the first few weeks he did have a few drops. Yeah, but nothing. Wow. nothing like significant. Nothing. It was like a problem. We ever said like, oh, Hawkinson's dropping the ball too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, the thing with Hawkinson, man, is that he, his production was very replaceable. His production. Now, in this offense, as far as potential, as far as potential, his potential, his potential is through the roof. I mean, he could he could be whoever he wants to be. You know, depending. You know how he plays, but his production is very is, was very um, lackluster. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly we throw out the word potential a lot. I feel like this is what his he's entering his fifth year now. I feel like he is what he is. Maybe he might improve a little in some way, but I feel like now as a player, he kind of is what he is. I, I don't see him being like you saw. You watched the Kittle game yesterday. Baby. He's not. He's not. You, he's you not. can tell like that guy's special. You know, not Kittle. I'm sorry, you know, Kelsey. Kelsey. He's, yeah, he's, he's, you, see, you watch Kelsey, you're like, wow, wow, Kelsey's special, man. You see how he, what he does when the ball's in his hands? Even Kittle, too. Could, also, yeah, even Kittle, too. Yeah, Kittle's the same way today. Um, Kittle's, uh, you know. I was, I, was, I, was, I was just literally watching before we started our pod. He was cooking that Monday night game. Yeah. And then TJ, is the thing is, TJ's so, just so not consistent, man. You may get a game like that from him yeah. where he'll go off for 100 yards and then he'll go invisible two games after that. Yeah. And then and we talked about it. That's a re- big reason why I didn't want to give him a contract and, and, and re-sign him. And I, I see why they traded him. And when people are freaking out, I didn't really understand it because I just think he's very, very average. 
and 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 the reason why I think our, our tight ends are, are having more success is because I think that that's pressure now of having to get him the ball. I think that's what's going on right now. That you know, if there's a play that is required for a tight end, they just find the best guy to do it. Now it's not just okay, just to see if TJ Hawkinson can do it. Now it's like, all right, uh, let's see if Mitchell can do this one, or Brock Wright. You know, this fits you better. Let's do this for you, Brock Wright. So now they're spreading it around. I think it's gonna make the team better, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think when Campbell said they kind of felt like they sort of got better. That remember how he sort of said that? It's kind of like yeah. we got. It's, I think that's what he kind of meant. It's kind of like said. the 2016 Lions to a certain degree. Kind of, kind of, kind of. It's kind of like Calvin Johnson. Say, yeah, you know, people said like, "Oh, you can't replace this guy." It's Calvin freaking Johnson, one of the best receivers of all time, if arguably not the best receiver of all time. How are you? going to have a better offense without him that just doesn't make sense but in 2016 you know they, they just had more guys instead of having one mouth to feed I'm not saying kelvin johnson needs the ball all the time but like you know i mean it's just a different when you have a guy like that it's a lot more difficult where if you have a lot of good guys you could just be more diverse you could have certain games with right. this guy and no one's going to be I'm not saying kelvin was a hot head by any means so but you, you guys know what i mean like that true wide receiver one or like that true guy that the true number one player on that team when you don't have that you have a mix of like just a good guys a good solid group of guys it can almost work better sometimes yeah i think it was a kelvin kelvin because he was he was, he was worried about winning. i think there was like he the offense like, you know they're was, like was, we have to feed I, 81 I, what it was, it was actually the media, man. I think the media pressured the the, the, the team itself because I remember there was a stretch where Kyle Johnson didn't get a touchdown. I think it was like maybe four or five games. And they were like, oh, what, what are y'all doing? How come you guys are getting Calvin the ball? What, what's going on? How come he's not scoring? And then uh, now you're pressured to, even if he's double covered, triple coverage, you throw the ball to him, you know, try to get him involved. But I mean, now you don't have that type of pressure. You spread it around. It, it is what I think. Like I said, I think it makes the team better. I think that's gonna, that's what's going on with the T.J. Hawkins situation. See, but with the Calvin thing, I feel like though Calvin was one of the best at his position, and the Lions didn't really have like a lot to compliment him with, right? I feel like Hawk is kind of, he's not the best at his position. He's not even close to being the best at his position. Oh, no, he's definitely I, like I mean, if, like, for example, if you could add like a sick wide receiver with Jamon Amon Ross St. Brown, what I mean like sick, I mean like – I don't know, like like the, one of the best receivers in the league, let's say, for example, that helps you like crazy. But if you just have like one star receiver and rest of average receivers, yeah, obviously when you replace that one star receivers with like three good receivers, Marvin, Tate, and Kenny Galladay, yeah, yeah, that's how you get better for sure. Yeah. So for sure, yeah. And I, I think that's almost I'm not we're, we're not comparing Hawkinson to just Calvin Johnson. Absolutely yeah, so, not. But we're not it's just that. it's just the thought process of what we're saying. So don't compare yeah. the yeah. players. Don't take that as is that what we're doing. That's right why now. I wanted to make sure yeah. to say that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. no, we're not comparing TJ Hawkinson to Calvin Johnson. Absolutely no. not. It's just the the room we're talking about more of anything. Yeah. Okay. Let's segue into this defense now because this is another guy, just like Dan. And Malcolm, you could attest this. You were guilty as well. You were very, very critical on this guy, Aaron Glenn, aka I was Ag. I was. And since the bye week, you know, I I think you could say they put three good performances. And outside the Dallas or not the Dallas game, outside of the Miami game, and the first half, the first three quarters of that Chicago game, this defense has been really good since the bye week. 
I think you could say also ever since Aubrey Pleasant got fired as well. The Reno since AP has been fired too. If you want to add that, that to the Hawks, that, that's, that's tough, man. Because I really like that guy too. I did too, but I don't think it's a coincidence, man. I really don't because the secondary is playing better. They're getting more turnovers. They're playing more confident. I mean, you are still seeing like yesterday. There was a few miscommunications that that got me pissed off because guys were running wide open. But um, they're playing better in the secondary. Yeah, I mean they still suck at zone, but they're a young team, so you kind of expect that, right? But, um, yeah, Eric Glenn had these guys in more positions to make plays. He got these guys in position to make plays. I don't think before. I don't think we've seen Aiden Hudson in coverage. Did, did you see much of Aiden Hudson in coverage? Not really. Before the Army Pleasant? Not really. Uh, I think this I is didn't. one of the adjustments he made at the bye week. I'm not sure, but Aiden Hudson, man, he his ball skills has been so far so good. It's been really good. You want to step? <laughs> Yeah, what's up, man? I got a staff for you, probably Aiden Hutchinson interceptions. So who were some defensive backs that some Alliance fans wanted in the draft process? Give me some names. Sauce Gardner, Kyle oh. Hamilton. And who's the other uh, one? These are defensive backs. These are defensive backs. Defensive backs. Who am I missing? Jaquan Brisker. No, okay. Uh, I was going dude. more towards Derek Stingley. Like if we wanted a, a – Oh, there, yeah. all right. Derek Stingley. All right. Hold oh, up. Yeah. All right. There we go. Derek Stingley. <laughs> Sauce Gardner. Oh, hold up. We'll do this. Derek Stingley. Kyle Hamilton. Lions fans loved them. Maybe not Stingley as much, but Kyle Hamilton. They loved him. Oh, Kyle Hamilton, yeah, they loved him. Aiden Hutchinson, your edge rusher, the number two overall pick. He's got more interceptions than both those guys, and he's tied with interceptions with Sauce Gardner. So you're telling me our third-round pick has more interceptions than those first-round picks as well? You could also put that in the conversation as well. I just had to add like little cherry and, on and top. I, and I actually will add another thing. The Bills, I was talking to a Bills podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Shout out to them, those guys. Those are great. But they were telling me they have some young safeties as well. And they saw Kirby Joseph's stats versus the Giants, how he had one target, one interception, and he allowed zero receptions. They said that, that, that's a killer game. We would ask that. We would take that any day of the week out of any of our safeties. And I said, how about this? I tell you, that might not even been his best game of his career. That's wild to me that we're talking about Kirby Joseph. That game, one interception, zero tar- or one target, zero receptions. We're arguing that might not be even his best game of his career yet. That is wild. No, it's not. That is wild. He has a bright future, man. He has a bright future. And I'm seeing little flashes of a guy, but I'm not going to say any name. I'm not going to say any names. Of a safety because what team? No, you don't have to say the name. Just say I know, team. I know who you're thinking of. I Baltimore. know you. Oh, I, I know exactly. I know exactly who you're thinking. <laughs> That's of. all I'm saying. I, I see the traits. I knew it. I see the traits. I'm just. I'm gonna say it. I see the traits. I'm not gonna say the name, but I see the traits. I'm talking right, about right, you're talking about Kyle Hamilton, huh? <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm talking about somebody that played for that team, who's a legend. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. All I'm saying is, it's the ball skills. Yeah, I mean, even if the ball is overthrown, underthrown, he's just around the ball. That's just like that other guy. The way he's able to lay a hit on somebody, that's just like the other guy. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Malcolm, just once you set that, bro, in my head, I'm like, he's talking about that Baltimore guy. <laughs> so I knew yeah. it right away. Yeah. yeah. And the thing with Kirby is, too, that we haven't seen out of the Lions defensive back room, probably since Darius Slay, is like, he's a playmaker, man. He causes interceptions. He causes fumbles. He causes turnovers and we just haven't had that in the longest here since Darius Slate. We haven't been able to replace that type of production of getting turnovers from our defensive backs. And with Kirby Joseph, you know, it started off slow. 
Very rough game in his debut versus Seattle. Gives up two touchdowns. Ever since then, man, he's just really turned up since that game versus Seattle. And it's just gotten better and better every single week. And we were a little critical on him last week versus the Bears. Wasn't his best game. Allowed a touchdown versus Cole Komet. And what does he do? Bounces back. Zero receptions. They only target him one time. And the one time they do target him, he forces a turnover. I mean, what else could you ask for out of him? That is phenomenal. So he's been great, and he's definitely a playmaker, man. Just a ball hawk. Something that the Lions defensive back room needs very badly, and I think they, they got that with this guy. Let me ask a question. Yes. Has, he been, has right. he been the best safety in this class so far? Is, is that's what's going yeah, on right now? I think he is. Um, and I think you could even put him in the top five defensive rookie in the year right now. Yeah. I would too. I think there's. We have two rookies. So so I think there's. In the top five. I think so. I think Sauce Gardner's in that conversation and he might win it. I think uh, Woolen from Seattle's in that conversation while he's been phenomenal. But Hutchinson's been great and Kirby Joseph's been great. I I really think we have two guys that, uh, when it's all said and done at the end of the year, we're going to have two guys in the top five defensive rookie of the year. Shout out to Brad Holmes. Yeah, not, ne- not necessarily oh. they're going to win. One, I'm not saying one of them's going to win it, but I think we have two guys that are going to be in the top five conversation, which is but that's what you asked for, bro, right? And when we talk about Kirby, it's crazy. Like we said this about Sewell last year. I'll say this again about Kirby. This is his second year playing as a full time safety in his life. Last year, he, he converted from wide receiver to safety. That's why he fell to the third round. I was still shocked. Even Campbell said like they were thinking of taking him with that pick that before they traded Remember that the, second round pick. Inside the Den episode with uh, when they're showing the draft room for day two and Kirby or Dan's like, oh, imagine if Kirby falls here. Brad goes, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then they're just like, oh my god, he's actually here. Yeah. So you know. Um, Bro, and with that Colts, when the Colts trade, I was like, shit, if the Colts take Kirby, I would have been so mad. What was it, Nick Cross they but took from Maryland? Nick Cross. They Nick took Cross. Nick Cross out of Maryland. Yeah. Thank God. Um, so, yeah, man. Bro, he's going to get better. This is like he's, he's he's just learning the position. He's already making all these plays. Remember how he had those draft picks? And I said, you know, once those picks come, they're going to start coming. Now it's like once that more game action comes, he's still going to have mistakes because he's young and he's still in the position. But once he gets more comfortable in that position – and he truly understands how to be a true center fielder. This kid could have like six, seven picks a year. He he could be phenomenal. Yeah, those it just are, it's gonna take. And I was gonna say those are the best defensive backs, man. Those they are, are. The, guys, the defensive backs that played wide receiver. Tavon Diggs. We think Tavon Diggs did in college. He was a receiver, yeah. He's a receiver. Those guys they have the best ball skills when the ball's in the air and able to create those turnovers, man. Those are the best defensive backs. So those guys that have had some time at the wide receiver position, now they're playing safety. They can see they have the, the same eyes and the vision as the, the wide receivers, and they're able to play the ball when the ball's in the air because they played the position before. Those are the yeah. best movies, man, I'm telling you. And, like, they know, like, a little more of the wire trees than, like, just a regular cornerback would because they ran those routes or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's it's a positive for sure. Yeah. And you yeah, could catch. Yeah. Those guys could catch. We always say the reason why he's not a DB because he can't catch. Well, these guys could catch. Trevon Diggs could catch. Kirby looks like he could catch. I mean, the first few weeks he couldn't, but now he could. Yeah. So. <laughs> but even, like, in those first, first four weeks when he wasn't catching interceptions, he was still forcing turnovers. He's got – he had an idiom. Kirby hit Sig Joseph. He was forcing fumbles to that point. I, I was more impressed that he's just there. I like I like to see – even if they drop a pick, yeah. if a guy jumps around, it's making a play. It's very, very impressive to me. And I think there's another guy on our roster that has the same type of traits that hasn't seen the field yet. Who was that? Um, Chase Lucas. 
That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I, 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 see, I seen the traits, those traits in the preseason. I seen from him. Yeah, like he's able to jump around. He like there was a play in the preseason that he jumped around. And I was like, wow, it was beautiful. But he didn't. He, he, he did, it was versus Atlanta. Yep, you're right. Yeah, he dropped the pick, but the way he jumped around and was there, yeah. I was like, okay, I see the ball skills. That's what I. That's as a former corner. That, that's what I like to see. I like to see guys jumping routes. You know, and those instincts. That's what I was like. All right, that guy's a bright future. And that's that's the type of stuff I still want to see from number one on our team. Jeff, yeah, that's fair. You know, I, I think Jeff has done a great job with past breakups and, you know, being in the right spot. But, yeah, I agree. That's the next part of his game. I think he could elevate it and really come a, a really good corner for this team. He did it last, he did it last week. Uh, he took it to the house. I think a lot of that was Hutch, too. But the fact that he made the play, too, and took it to the house, <laughs> that, that was that was a positive, man. Yeah, it, w- it was. Yeah, it was. And I, I think I said this on every draft show that we've done since we started the podcast has been wanting this true center fielder, I like to call them, like that, and that safety room and i think we finally got it i've been always saying i want that true center fielder i think kirby's him he man so so we when tracy comes back is he so he's on the contract right we we just resigned him last year or this officer he's on a three-year deal so our our safety room is going to be him and tracy yeah and tracy even tweeted on sunday can't wait to get back playing with my dogs that's, that's going to be one hell of a um, safety room, man. And you know Tracy's yeah. the communicator out there, too. Like, that's a guy they all lean on. They all trust him as well. I think that's going to help their zone defense out because that's the one kryptonite this line's defense has. Is they're not great in zone. I think once they get a guy like Tracy back, that helps it out a little more. And in an offseason that they could, you know, get more experience, I feel like they'll be a better zone team next year. Well, the thing is with zone, I, like, you have to get pressure. If you don't get pressure, there's open zones right away. Like, yeah. you know. Well, that's something that, that's, that's, help to help improve in the yeah. offset. Yeah. I mean, the pressure, pressure, pressure is pressure a lot better board. than last year, but it's still, like, not like not where you, where you want to be yet. I feel like they're maybe the middle of the pack or a little below average. Well, the Rams are pressure. helping us a lot of helping us address that position with getting a very good player. So, thank the Rams. Yeah, pressure pressure and disguising it, too, man. Because yeah. a lot of the quarterbacks, they, they know off the back what, what you're running. Like he's mm-hmm. going to be in cover three. I'm like, oh, he's running cover three. He'll be just terrible. So I just realized as we're doing this, I'm looking at our notes right now of how we're supposed to structure this. We're talking about all former third-round picks and of how their production is. I didn't even realize that until right now. These are all third-round <laughs> picks. So let's, get great, let, let, let's talk about the other third-round pick that Brad Holmes drafted in uh, 2021, Aleem McNeil. Man. Yo. Pierre, what's the what was the numbers this year? What was the stat line? All right, um, Ali McNeil had a sack, ten pressures, three tackles, and four stops. Bro, those are we we talked about it before. Those are Aaron Donald type numbers. I mean, that's just Beast. crazy. He he was a monster yesterday. Shoot, if we could, if he pads this type of production for the rest of the year, man, <laughs> look out. That's what I'm gonna say, man. Look out, man! He was he was great in the run department too. Like he did a great job with Saquon Barkley, and that's not going to show up in the stat sheet. Yeah. This is just like getting no, to the quarterback, <laughs> and that's not his game. You know, he's a nose tackle. He's known for really just stopping the run. Uh, and he was a big part of that. And and today and on Sunday, you saw that, and him getting to the quarterback when they had to pass the ball. I mean, that was a coming out party for Aleem McNeil. That is the best that, game we've seen out of him in his career. And that wave phenomenal. that he did was hilarious to me. The wave that he was doing. <laughs> After he being sack or made a big play, he was doing a wave like, hello. Yeah. Like, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I loved it. That was, a, that was a coming out party, man. And, you know, you saw the stats with Pierre just lusted and what he did in the passing game. But he was phenomenal in that running game, man. They did such a good job with Saquon Barkley and – 
I, man, that was so impressive. Like, like we said, if you told me what Saquon did and you told me that was going to be the results, I wouldn't believe you. No one would believe you. No one would believe and you. And another guy that's not really getting a lot of recognition. We've kind of joked about him in previous times, but bro, I thought Isaiah Bugs yesterday was phenomenal too. I mean, it's hard. They uh, sh- they had trouble running it up the middle yesterday. Yeah. They had trouble running it like everywhere, but it just the middle was clogged up fast. Aleem and Bugs are hard to run on. I think those are Tyler. The two big fuckers are back. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, they're, you know, they're I, two big fuckers. I don't want to overreact over yeah. one game, but it was yeah. it was it was a great stepping stone and a great game for sure. I, I think they were like the main factors of the, the stopping Barkley, but everybody being, um, you know, playing their gaps. Um, I think that was that was a big key as well because they really bought Goggle hit him up <laughs> like they got it like they pretty much had him surrounded where he had, couldn't go nowhere where he was being tackled by four or five guys so they did a good job containing Barkley man and if if Aaron Glenn is able to do this like week in and week out and have like that same type of Bill Belichick mindset of you know I'm gonna be able to eliminate your best weapon oh uh, shoot. We gotta see more of it. You gotta see more of it. Yeah. For sure. I, I, what's gonna What's gonna convince me is how they play Diggs next, next uh, this, this it's Thursday. Yeah. yeah. It's Thursday. I want to see how they play Diggs. If they're able to contain him and take him out the game, that's a huge plus. Yeah. Stefan Diggs. He's hard to. Uh, I don't know. It's Stop. It's gonna be hard. We'll see what they do. I think. Stop. I think what you do with him. I mean, we'll talk about that in the preview. We don't yeah, have to get, that's, I don't want to talk about yeah, this we today. We don't have to get Stephon Diggs right now. We'll I have that. an idea of what they'll do. We'll, we'll save that for next episode. Here we'll get into next what episode. we think. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's talk about the other third-round pick. And probably people are wondering, who the fuck are you going to talk about? We're not talking about Fatima Lafonru. He was a third-round pick. We're not talking about him. He didn't, I only gave this on the field on Sunday. We're talking about William. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Lions guy because he's calling him William Harris. He goes, we're going to be calling him his government name until he has a bad game. Bad <laughs> bad, bad. Harris is Will Harris. Good Harris is William Harris. So he's going by William Harris until he has a bad game. He's going by his government name for now. For oh, now. I'm man. calling him oh, Will the Trill Harris. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he likes that, Oh, man. he better so like he it. Will. You know, it's working. William Harris is here to stay. <laughs> William Harris, man. <laughs> He was good, man. And he's not a guy that you're watching, probably, like, sticking out to you. But, like, they're not targeting his way that much. Since he's gotten more opportunity, more playing time, they're not really targeting him as much. And he is playing really well since getting more of an opportunity. Since the bye week, they said they're going to get him more involved. They want to get him more of these game plans defensively. And shoot, man, he's been really good. He's been really good, which is really surprising because this is a guy that has been an afterthought from essentially every Lions fan. Every Lions fan wanted him out. And I think the position switch has really benefited him. You know, switching from safety to corner. He's been really good, man, because that was a big issue that we had was that nickel corner. And we were shuffling, guys. We had Mike Hughes to start the year. Wasn't great. Then we had A.J. Parker. Wasn't great. We go to Will Harris, and he stepped up, man. He's really stepped up, and he's been good. Yeah, and like the thing too, when he was a safety, he couldn't tackle. Now he could tackle. He's one of the best tacklers on the team right now. Like he's not he's not bouncing off. Do you know when he was a safety he'd over pursue or he'd run too fast at a guy and the guy he like would break a tackle. He's tackling guys. Um great open field tackler. He has the speed. You could tell he's also still learning that corner position. You know, I feel like I feel like that's another guy you have to resign, honestly. I mean he's not like gonna maybe cost not necessarily bank. as not yet. Yeah, no, he won't cost bank, but I feel like it's the guy you have to bring back. Um, That's fair. 
and, and I think they will. He also contributes on special teams. He does everything for you. And again, once he gets more comfortable in that corner position, I feel like he'll get better as well because this is his second year playing corner. And, for a year and a half now, right? Yeah, because you guys switched yeah, halfway through the year last year. Yeah, and, and that that goes into coaching, and that's why I've been talking about so much, so much throughout the year, and that's why I was so mightily disappointed with Aaron Glenn and why they weren't getting the production out of these guys. Because I know this defense is not as bad as it was. I'm not telling you it's a top unit by any means. I'm telling you it's not a very good unit as far as the talent. But I knew they were better than what they were showing before the bye week, and since the bye week, we've seen better production out of guys that weren't producing that first half. And Will Harris or William Harris is part of that conversation as well. <laughs> he is getting better week in and week out, getting more adjusted to the position. And that is what coaching could do. I talked about the Giants last week on our pod, what Wink is really doing with those guys. He's getting the best out of those guys and having these second thoughts be guys that we're thinking about resigning now. We're going to get contracts somewhere else. And William Harris is putting himself in that conversation right now. I'll tell you something, though. Those guys, those second thought guys, whatever, they did not look good yesterday. Well, they were getting hurt because the Lions are biting kneecaps. And I think they injured every defensive back that the Giants had yesterday. I'm just saying, I don't know who was out there, whoever it was, out. I think the other guy got hurt. I don't even. I don't even know. He, who got, they, he got hurt mid game. I don't even know who they had anymore in, in that game. Yeah, I don't know either. But uh, I think Dory got you know, hurt on the Another thing is too with the run defense is Hutch. Uh, he's he's not making the same mistakes he was making in weeks weeks one through four, whatever it was. He's he's playing more disciplined. It looks like he's getting more comfortable. Looks like the game has slowed down a little for him. So that's another positive as well. Um, no, we're sticking on the third round topic. It's not just the first round pick. We can do that another day. Talk about the third round round picks. This episode is is dedicated to third round picks. How about, Tyler, how about a fourth round pick? Derek Barnes. How about that? I like it. I like you. Only we're talking late day two, day three picks. No day one picks. I don't want that. I want to see what these day two and day three guys are doing. At the end, Derek Barnes, I think he, I don't know, maybe he got hurt yesterday. I forgot. He, he but got hurt, but he came back in the game. He came back. He got, he got hurt. He came back. He, he's fine. I don't know if he necessarily had his best game yesterday, but again, this is a guy who's also improving and he's playing better. And man, we talk about developing the players. We didn't really see that the first few weeks. Now you're seeing all your young guys contribute. And that's what you want. That's what Remember I want. Remember how we talked about what I want. Who, who are some guys that would start on other teams? We named like three guys, maybe. Yeah. Now these guys are actually playing like fucking starters, they're not playing like they should be on the bench. What I was trying to tell you for so many weeks, and you try to blame the talent, and that's why I told you the coaching yeah. matters a lot. Yeah. And they're and now, and now they're getting the guys. About. It's the same guys. The same I mean, guys. We, didn't, we didn't have nobody. It's the same guys. They're just all playing better since you know since Aaron Glenn really put his foot down to say, "Look, I'm gonna take more control of this shit, and we're gonna be right. We're gonna get right." I'm not sure what Eric. That's why I wish we had like that mid-season hard knocks, hard knocks. Yeah, to see what the hell was going on because what, like, what caused this? Like, I know Aaron Glenn. I mean, I know Army Pleasant was a defensive back coach, but he had this much of an impact on the defensive. You know, he of them playing that bad. He was also the passing game coordinator, so he was like in charge of like a lot of the coverages and all that. And the passing game coordinator. I mean, you saw their. Blown coverages everywhere. Guys running wide open. Uh, it, the guys were not following the game plan. I mean, that's what Campbell was said, said at least. So got you, got you. That makes more sense because he is. A, yeah, I just realized that he is the passing game coordinator. So yeah, that's that's probably what actually got him fired versus him just saying DB coach. Yeah, yeah. So that makes more sense. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But whatever they're doing now is working. Um, they just need to keep doing it, keep trending. 
Yeah, let's go, man. Great game overall. Greatest win in the Dan Campbell tenured, and I'm just satisfied, man. That's what I want to see so badly. Just prove to me those two games versus the Bears and Packers weren't flukes, and they did that this week. That's all I wanted. Is, is this like probably like one of the better games that you've seen in a long time? Just a Lions fan in general? Lions fan in general. <laughs> yeah, probably, which, <laughs> is, run defense. <laughs> which is very sad. I mean, brother, run defense was the best game, I've man. seen. I think this run defense was the best I've seen in my life, honestly. Like, holding Saquon Barkley, I don't know when's the last time the Lions held the top back to, like, 1.5 yards per carry. Even with Sue and Snacks and all that, I think this is the best. Like, Malcolm, it, it, you, know, you know what that game gave me a lot of vibes over, actually? When we played the Giants on Monday Night Football, actually. Giants on Monday Night Football? Both times. 2014? I was going to 2014 and 2017. Because we did that in New York as well. We would just hand it to them. We were the better team overall, and we handed it to them. So yeah, we we have a good break versus the Giants since being a Lions fan. I can only think of one loss to the Giants since me being like a, a real diehard Lions fan, and that was 2016 in MetLife. Yeah, probably when they had like Odell and, and all those boys. That's when Stafford was hurt. That's when Stafford blew up his finger, yeah. And they went on that three-game losing streak to end the year. Um, yeah, And, that, and the Giants were part of that. Yeah, I got you. But we, even Patricia beat this team before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> all right. Let's do baller of the week. Oopsie doopsie. And let's head out of here. Go ahead. You know, you know, oh, yeah. Wait. Before 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 we end, start the baller and the oopsie, I just got to say one thing. Go ahead. This whole Dan Campbell, Dave Ball thing, it ends today. That's it. That's it. I don't want to hear no comparison. I don't want to hear why is he doing this and we're doing that. We outcoached his ass on Sunday. All right? So that's that's it. It's over. Doom, doom. Yeah, I mean, for, 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 yeah, for now, Dan Campbell's put a lot of this comparisons to bed because he's doing what we're expecting now. And he's... It just came later than we expected, I think. And that's why the criticism came out. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do it. And then Sunday, and Sunday we're going to do it against uh, your boy, uh, Salah. Ooh. Not this Sunday, but I'm talking oh, about yeah, that, that, That's that. another situation right now. Zachary's losing that locker room. <laughs> y'all boys, <laughs> y'all boys, Zachary's losing that locker room. All right. All right. Let's see. We'll talk about that later on in the year. All right. Yeah. Baller. Oopsie. Peter, who's your ball of the week? All right, like, I'm going to do, like, one baller, and I'm going to give an audible mention as well. So, baller of the week is obviously Lee McNeil. We talked about it in the show. One sack, 10 pressures, three tackles, four stops. The guy was unblockable. They, they even benched some of their players just to see what they could do, and still didn't make a difference. He was unblockable. Um, and then the honorable mention goes to Lions O-line. They opened up running lanes, and Goff wasn't touched yesterday. He was pressured four times. She wasn't touched. Who, who was that guard um, yesterday? Shane Lemayu, uh, Lemayu, whatever his name was. Shane, uh, I think it's Shane Lemayu or something. Lemayu, like whatever. The guy from Oregon, yeah. It was so bad at one point. I mean, the guy hasn't played football <laughs> forever. But yeah, he got benched. Lynn McNeil calls the guy to get benched yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So, I believe I don't know if their center got hurt or benched, um, but he also left the game. They put in a different center in. So man, what's the, they said one of you guys. One they said one of you guys are gonna block this guy. Man, when's the last time we've had that? I've been on the other side where we've had to bench guys mid game because someone's you know messing up our game plan. But when's the last time you could really say that the lines caused someone to get benched? 
the two days? I don't know. Hey, like, like, I, I have to think forever. about it. <laughs> it Man, I don't know. That's hard to think about. Yeah, I, like, I can't but, you know, even think of one. I'm actually shocked you didn't give the – one of the baller of the weeks is Jamal Williams, man. I mean, there's so many guys to go on. around. Kirby Joseph, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, like, like basically the O line, like it goes to, like the running game in general and the pass pro. So, like, you know, I get you. They deserve it. I mean, they played their ass off. Yeah, yeah I feel like if you don't have that O line, that O line makes those guys look better. Jamal and all those guys, I mean, they, Justin Jackson and Swift. They have done that since this. Yeah, I, that's one thing I'll give Bob Quinn and Patricia credit for. Don't want to go too deep into that, but they really built the foundation of the offensive line. I'd say since Campbell really took over and Hank Fraley, um, they, they've really been able to get the running game going with any running backs they've had. You know, we saw it last year with their multiple injuries, with Jamal missing a couple of games, with a couple of games. They still got the run game with Reynolds and Ikebuke and Jamar Jefferson, and you're seeing it this year. They're getting it going with Jamal Williams. You saw obviously with Swift those first two weeks. Um, and you saw it even with Justin Jackson, who would you give credit to? Well, been, Craig Reynolds, before he went down, he was doing pretty solid as well. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's a big credit to the whole line. Yeah, man. Hank and Dan, man. Remember how we're like, Gakum was like that one year. If we don't ever get our whole line right, we'll never get it right. And then Dan and Hank come in and they just, they, they change the running schemes. They change everything and it's working. Yeah. Especially this year, man. They're actually pulling their guards. They didn't really do that last year. They're pulling them like every, every run play now. This year it's fun. You yeah. you're seeing like, bro. They, they had one play yesterday where they used like Sewell as a receiver to block on a screen pass. Bullshit block in the back, but yeah. I mean that you know I mean that calls what it is. But I was like, damn man, like all right. Yeah, they're getting creative. Really, really you know what we're gonna see out of that play one time. We're gonna see a fake screen, and it's gonna be like a bomb to someone because if you just assume Sewell's wide out, it's probably a screen, right? You're going to see some different plays bounce off that play. I, I thought you were going to say we're going to see a Sewell reception for a touchdown one time. <laughs> I mean, you could see that, but He's like, a, I, mean, that I think he played tight end in high school at one point, so he, he may have some hands. He might have some hands. Yeah. I mean, You'll think catch about it. this, Tyler. You fake screen to Amon Ross St. Brown, and then you have Jamal running straight down the sideline. He's throw a bomb to him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm like putting on my Ben Johnson hat on for a second here. I'll take, I'll take it off though. I'm done with it. All right. Well, Tyler, who's your oopsie? Oopsie doopsie of the week. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. Someone in here. In this call. Hey, what did Malcolm do? Yeah, what the hell it did I I didn't screw up the, the locks of the week. Oh, I could add that. Oh, okay. You get, oh, wait, you, wait, you, come you, on, man. Wait. <laughs> I, I did not screw up the locks of the Hold week. Up. Yo, are, are we I not going to talk about this? Lions on a three-game winning streak and Pierce on a two-game winning streak on locks of the week? <laughs> What is this world that what is this world that we're in right now? <laughs> and I'm seven and seven and three picking the lines against you are the spread. Seven and three picking the spread. What is going on this year? Or what's going on this month, I should say, or the last two weeks. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I've been good. I like you. I like good. I like what's going on. Pierre's calling games right. Uh, hit the lines are winning. If the, if Pierre calling wins is helping the lines win, I'll take it. Let's go. All right. Back to the oopsie doopsie. Yeah, it's all me. They're winning because of me. Yeah, yep. okay. You know I'll, I'll take I'll take all the credit. All right, Thank you, Tyler. I'm floating because I'm fluffing them right now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oopsie doopsie week. It's in this call. It's not Malcolm. It's not Peter. Yes. It's myself. Oh. I've picked against the Lions three consecutive weeks. They've won three consecutive weeks. And you know damn well, you know what I'm doing this Thursday? Picking against the Lions. Picking against the Lions because not not, not, right. not that I don't believe that they'll win. 
Eh, we'll see. We'll talk about it in the preview. But it's worked. <laughs> Since I've picked against the Lions, they've won three in a row. Peter calling two locks a week. I mean, uh, like I just—I'm a guy that believes in karma. I'm a guy that believes in good juju. We're gonna stick with the good juju. I'm gonna take the Bills nine and a half. Okay, there it is. Tommy Roopsy Doopsy. I mean, that that spread could drop. Maybe it has. I don't know. No, yeah, it's it, nine right it, now. It's actually I know, nine. A lot of people, I know a lot of people are betting on the lines. We'll talk about so Thursday. Drop to nine. No. Yeah, we'll talk about Thursday so. when we have the official lines on our Twitter spaces, and we'll do our predictions then. Even the Giants one was at four, and then it dropped to three because people were betting on the Lions. Yeah. So we're at nine now, nine and a half to nine. I, I think I, that could I, drop I, more. I think I'm about, to, I'm about to jump on that bet right now before it drops. The minus nine. Yep. And I might it buy some good. points to make it like extra juicier. So or I don't plus nine. Yeah, it's plus nine. Yeah. So I might add some points to make it be like plus eleven or something. I mean, like Buffalo minus nine. That's what I meant. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Well, hope you guys all enjoyed this show of us talking about a victory Monday. And man, this feels good because there's no excuses with this one. There's no caveat. The Packers helped you win the game. Like this is just a nice W. Nice victory for the Lions. We'll be back Thursday with, uh, or we'll be back tomorrow with our Bills pregame show. Then we'll be live Thursday. Twitter spaces for Lions Bills pregame and we'll be right after the game talking about the Lions Bills game so hope you guys all enjoyed I'm out guys peace alright guys like Tyler said uh, we'll see you guys again on the next show and I'm out peace alright y'all it's your boy Malcolm and I am out peace